Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Jacob wrestled from the time he was in his mother's womb all throughout his life. The Bible tells us that uh, he grabbed the heel of his brother in the womb in his struggle. Um, I want you to know something. The wrestling that takes place in Jacob's life is for himself until he reaches a certain point where he recognizes that wrestling should not just be for selfish interest, but there's a kind of wrestling that will truly make a difference in your life. This wrestling he discovered when he started his journey back to the land of his birth uh, to see his family and, and his brother who he was estranged from. And he was afraid. He didn't know whether or not he was going to live or die. But he felt God wanted him to go back. And so he took his possessions and everything that he had to go back. But on the way, he met an individual by a river. And the Bible says that they wrestled all night. When the morning was beginning to break, this individual said to him, Release me, for the morning is about to dawn. He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. The Bible says that the individual touched his hip and it fell out of socket. Now, you know you're, you're in a fight when somebody can just touch you and dislocate your, your hip. Uh, but uh, Jacob, in this struggle, held on. He would not let go. And the Bible says that this individual blessed Jacob, and it was none other than the pre-incarnate Son of God. And he says, your name is no longer Jacob. He who grabs the heel, he who deceives, now your name is Israel, the one who wrestles with God and overcomes. I believe there's some wrestling that is a good wrestling for us to do. And it's a wrestling that is described in this passage we're about to look at. The wrestling that takes place in prayer. Paul said, I, I have birth pains over you until Christ be formed in you. There was a struggle that was going on in his life uh, as he interceded for God's people. I think there are people in your family that need God's intercession. There are people in our church that need your intercession. There are people uh, all over this community that need your intercession as you Wrestle with God in prayer. God can do some great things. God told Ezekiel, I looked for somebody to stand in the gap but could find no one, so I destroyed the city. You and I are called to stand in the gap, to wrestle. And as we do, what we find is as we draw near to God, He draws near to us. And we find that as we are drawing near to Him in prayer, He changes us, He renews us, he restores us. And so, as we do this wrestling, it also helps us as individuals in our walk with God. It restores our soul. Jesus is teaching in his famous Sermon on the Mount here. And he is teaching about prayer. And he's told them you'll, uh, to seek the Lord with all their heart in, in chapter 6. And as they seek him, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things would be added to them. But he picks it up in, in verse 7 and he actually begins to tell them, look, I want you to understand the potential and the power of your praying. 
I want you to ask. And the words are actually in an ongoing uh, Greek verb. So it means that keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And what's going to happen is as you ask, you're going to receive. As you seek, you're going to find. As you knock, the door's going to be opened to you. And he wants them to see the potential of prayer. And wants to, he wants them to be challenged to ask, not just for a few basic things, but to ask for everything that they need in their walk with God. Everything that they need to live their life. Everything that they need in their family. Everything that they need in their country. Everything, ask, and you shall receive. Jesus doesn't focus, on, as, as some other passages in Matthew talk about, about uh, praying according to the will of God, which is important. Or praying for the glory of God, which is something that is a blessing. But he focuses on the potential of just asking God. It's a powerful thing. And what is received when we take Jesus up on that offer. Uh, We need to persist in seeking God. Persist in prayer. Persist in knocking so that we can receive all that God wants us to receive. The title of my message is The Benefits of Persistence. Look with me in, in chapter 7, verse 7 of Matthew. Keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who searches finds. And to the one who knocks... The door will be opened. What man among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. The benefits of persistence. What are they? The first thing I want you to see, the first benefit, is that we receive God's gifts. We receive God's gifts. When my kids were little, we would have them make up a Christmas list for Christmas. And uh, it's funny, uh, Megan, every time she'd see a commercial, she'd add something to her list. I mean, her list would be, you know... And so we told them, you're probably not going to get everything on your list, but make us a list, and, you know, you, you, we, we want to give you gifts. But she was just unashamed to ask. Now, David asked too. But isn't it interesting how kids, they just, they're just ready to ask. They're ready to just ask for whatever they want, whatever they need. They're never embarrassed. I remember one time when I was a little kid, um, we had visited some people, and um, I asked them if I could have something. I said, could I have that? And, uh, and it, it, it's, sure, you can have this. You know, my parents were like, you shouldn't be asking for that. You know, don't ask for that. And later we had, we had the discussion on the way home. When you go to somebody's house, you don't ask for all the stuff that they have. You know, and, uh, and so, but kids just have that, that attitude. But can I tell you something? That's exactly the attitude God wants us to have toward him. The attitude of a little child. To ask. And what happens is God gives the good gifts. Now, he, he reserves the right. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait. Because he knows what's good for us. 
And he goes on to say, if, if your son asks for bread, we give him a stone. My kids wanted to play out in the street. If they asked me to play out in the street, I'm going to say, no, you cannot play out in the street. Matter of fact, I had to run after them a few times. Have you ever had to do that with your kids? To keep them from going out in the street. Why? Because they wanted to be out in the street. Well, that was their desire, but it wasn't good for them. And so I wouldn't grant the request. But here's the thing. God knows perfectly. He designed us. He created us. He knows us emotionally. He knows us physically. He knows us spiritually. He knows exactly what is best for us and what is best for his kingdom. And so you could just ask indiscriminately for what God wants to give you, and God will give it to you every time. Now, here's something else. He just finished saying, seek first the kingdom. So as you ask, make sure you ask in the spiritual realm. Because God wants to bless you spiritually. I'm convinced that the greatest blessings that we can have are not to be found in a bank account, in a house, in a car, or something we have. The greatest blessings of this life are found in a relationship with God. And so as you ask, make sure the first priority of your asking is for those spiritual things that you need. Maybe you're struggling with a sin. You need to ask God for victory. Ask God to change your heart. Uh, somebody in Sunday school was, was sharing about struggling with an issue and, and praying for freedom from that. And then finally saying, okay, God, I need you to change my heart. Isn't that something? And it's when we ask God to change our hearts that we begin to see God begin to move in our life and change us and transform us. Maybe you are seeking spiritual growth or how to, how to grow in your walk with God. Maybe you're seeking spiritual fellowship with God. Lord, teach me how to better draw near to you. Maybe you're trying to learn how to walk in the Spirit. Lord, teach me how better to walk in the power of your Spirit. But ask those spiritual questions because it is so important. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. So Jesus, as he says, ask, he's encouraging us to ask for what we need. Now, look at some of the things he says. Ask, it will be given to you. Look at verse 8. For everyone who asks receives. Some of you think if the preacher prays for you, that's better than if you just pray for you. Can I tell you something? There are no favorites with God. God will answer your prayer like he answers my prayer because he loves you. Everyone who asks receives. But look at what else he says. Verse 11, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts. Can I tell you something? God wants to give you good gifts. Every good and perfect gift is from above, the book of James tells us. Every good and perfect gift. Ask God. Ask God for a spouse. Some of you, some of you, you know, well, I got to go where I can find. Listen, ask God for one. God knows who you need. Good things. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Guess what? God is not opposed to good things. We don't, we don't believe in health, wealth, and all of that. that you know, hey, give your money to the church, and you will, will have a Rolex watch and drive a, a, a Rolls Royce. We don't believe that. 
But we do believe that God blesses giving. We do believe that God blesses in material things when we ask. He does. He just said he will give good things to those who ask him. I remember I wanted a bicycle. I think I was 10 or 11. I had a bike, but you know how kids are. You, you want the next bike, right? And so I, I had my eye on this particular bike. And uh, I remember telling my parents about it, you know, about my, the bike that I wanted. And my dad made me an agreement. He said, if you get state winter perfect at Bible drill, we'll get you a bike. And so that was, you had to have no, no mistakes. And so uh, I remember I, I studied hard. I worked, buddy. I wanted that bike and I wanted it bad. And the day of the thing came and I, I did okay. I did, I had, would have had state winter perfect, but I drug my foot and it was against the rules and they disqualified me from it because I drugged my foot. Well, guess what? My parents gave me the bike anyway. They said, that's not fair. And they gave me the bike. <laughs> I was excited. Good things. But guess what? I had prayed for that bike. My parents gave me the bike, but can I tell you something? It came from God. God answered my prayer. He gives good things to those who ask him. Ask. Um, from time to time, we have somebody share a testimony about what God's doing in their lives. And, you know, it, it's amazing what God will do if we're just asking. If we're just ask. Receive God's gifts. That's, that's the first benefit of persistence. We receive God's gifts. Secondly, we find God's way. We find God's way. Another benefit of persistence. Look at what he says in verse 7. Keep searching or, or seeking or seek and you will find. Chapter 6, I've, I've mentioned this. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Keep seeking and you will find. You know, I'm convinced that the best way that you can live is to live a life surrendered to the purposes of God. Seeking His face. Seeking to draw near to Him. Scripture says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. As you persist in seeking Him, you will find. You'll find His way in your life. You'll find His way uh, spiritually, financially, relationally, in every facet and area of your life, you'll find his way as you seek him with all your heart. Jeremiah says several times, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, many of us don't want to seek him with all our hearts. We seek him half-heartedly. We seek him, it, you know, enough to say, okay, well, I'm making an effort in my spiritual walk, but we really don't seek him with all our heart. I can look across this, this auditorium, I see a lot of empty seats. If people were seeking God with all their hearts, we wouldn't have all these empty seats. We've got a whole lot more people than are here this morning. See, every week, seeking his face. Had one pastor told me, he had a church member that came up to him and said, you need to preach on this. You know, we really need to hear something about this. He said, I did preach on it. I preached on it last week and you weren't here. 
seeking him. You seek him on a regular basis. And as you do, you, you reap a benefit from that. What about in your personal time with God? Are you seeking him every day? Are you speaking to, spending time in his word every day? Are you spending time in prayer every day in personal worship? Seeking him with all your heart. I want to tell you something. When you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. You'll find him. And you'll find his way. He'll begin to guide you in your life. One reason people don't hear from God, they don't find direction from God, is they're unwilling to submit to him in their life. They're unwilling to say, okay, Lord, you are going to be the chief priority of my life. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to seek you above everything else. When you begin to have that heart toward God, watch out. God's going to work in your life. You're going to see God do some special things. Seek and you will find. So, how do you seek God? Well, one great way to seek him is in his word. We learn about who God is through his word. We learn about the character of God and what God wants to do in us and how he wants to use us. We learn all that, those things in his word. We learn what God delights in and what God hates in his word. It helps us better relate to him. We also seek him uh, through times of prayer. David said, early in the morning will I seek thee, O Lord. He was a king. He had many things to do. But he said, God, I'm going to set aside time each day to seek your face in prayer. God, there's problems I need to bring before you and talk to you about. Uh, But even more than that, God, I just want to draw near to you. David said, a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Lord, I've learned that when I seek your face, when I draw near to you and you draw near to me, there's a sweet, holy time that I experience that restores me and renews me spiritually. I need to seek you above everything else. So I will early in the morning, I will seek thee because that's how important you are to me, God. Seek him with all your heart. You'll find his way. He'll begin to direct you in your life. One scripture says, The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him. You see, God gives his secret counsel, that is his guidance and his his wisdom in the situations of life, not just to anybody, but to those who fear him. The person who fears God is the person who is seeking after him. It's found in Psalm 25. Psalm 25 not only talks about the secret counsel of the Lord being for those who fear him, but it says he will show sinners his way. That's God's grace. Aren't you glad you don't have to have it all together? You can come before God, confess that sin, and say, Lord, I want to seek you. Change my heart. Give me a heart that seeks after you and hungers and thirsts after righteousness. And God can come in and work in our lives and begin to help us seek him as he desires and then begin to guide us in the past he has for us in life. Uh, So you will find God's way as you seek him. But not only will you find God's way as you persist in seeking him, you'll discover his truth. Discover God's truth. That's a benefit of persistence. So receive God's gift, find God's way, discover God's truth. Seek and you will find. In Psalm 119... The longest psalm goes on for for several pages. It it focuses on the word of God. In one place, 
He, he says, Lord, show me wonderful things in your word and your law. But you know what he does before that? Two or three times, I think it's three times, he says, Lord, I seek you with all my heart. I seek you with all my heart. I seek you with all my heart. Is your quiet time dry? Could it be the fault is not in God's word? The fault is in a heart that doesn't seek him. When you seek him, can I tell you something? You're going to find his truth. David says, I seek you with all my heart. So since I seek you with all my heart, since I have fulfilled the condition, Lord, show me wonderful things in your word. You'll discover God's truth. God will begin to open things up to you in his word that you've never seen before. He'll begin to minister to your heart in ways he's never ministered to your heart things before. I've read through the scripture a number of times, and I think it was a year or two ago, I came across Psalm 25. And it just profoundly ministered to my heart. And God began to show me things in that psalm and encourage me with that psalm. And I just camped there. Sometimes you just need to camp somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And I would go, and I might read another chapter of Scripture, but I would come back to Psalm 25, and, and i just meditate on that Scripture and what God was saying to me there. Uh, and God profoundly ministered to me through that chapter of Scripture. I read that chapter a number of times before, And it had never ministered to me that way. But God opened it up to me to meet a need in my life. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't always seek God perfectly. I'll confess that to you. There are times I've I've got to to confess my own uh, heart that has grown cold toward God. But I'm going to tell you something. When we seek God, he will open up his word for us. And he'll begin to minister to us through his word in ways he hasn't before. I heard one preacher say, um, sometimes when somebody says, I don't get anything out of the preaching, which, by the way, I haven't heard, so don't think I'm talking to somebody. But when somebody says, I don't get anything out of the preaching, it, the fault may not be, it may be with the preacher, okay? I'm just Sometimes we blow it, and I have blown it, I'll say that. Sometimes it may be with the listener. Sometimes it may be that a person may not be seeking God with all their heart. So when they come to church, they've quenched the Spirit of God. God's not speaking to their heart. So <clears throat> as you seek God, you'll discover his truth. The benefits of persistence, we receive God's gifts, we find God's way, we discover God's truth, and fourthly, we seize God's opportunities. We seize God's opportunities. Verse 7, keep knocking and the door will be open to you. To the one who knocks, verse 8, the door will be opened. Can I tell you something? I, I believe knocking involves prayer. It does involve prayer. As we persist in prayer, that's one form of knocking. But another form of knocking is doing what God tells you to do by faith. Keep knocking and the doors will be open to you. Jesus is saying, look, there are going to be times as you seek me with all your heart, as you ask me and so forth, that I'm going to guide you in something to do. And and I want you to respond to me by persisting in obedience in what I've told you to do. 
And what you're going to find is you keep knocking, the door is going to be open to you. Isn't it amazing what God can do when we just offer up ourselves to him to follow him? Little boy with five loaves and two fish. 5,000 people hungry. Jesus took it and multiplied it. Listen, we may not have much, but can I tell you something? God can do much with little. He can take our our gifts. He can take our talents that that may or may not be that great. And, And as we're just obedient to use those talents as he directs us, God can take our weak efforts and he can infuse his power into them so that they become mighty to do his work Um, Peter denied Christ three times but later on when the spirit came at Pentecost Peter stood strong he and John said to the Sanhedrin we ought to obey God rather than men Uh, Peter boldly preached the gospel in Jerusalem. He boldly preached when there were people who were persecuting. Uh, you see that with Paul. You see that with all these different... Paul says, I am covered up with weakness. God uh, gave me this weakness so that he might be powerful in my weakness. What did Paul learn? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. What was he doing? He was obeying God regularly each day as God had led him to obey. As God had told him to obey. In his word. I want to tell you something. There's something about just continuing in what God has told you to do that is powerful. What could God do through your life if you would say yes to him? Think about that. What mighty things could God do? Sometimes in small acts of service. Sometimes the most powerful things are not the things that are seen on the stage. They're the things that are done in the background. That meal that's given to somebody who's hurting. That prayer that's offered that the person may not ever know someone was praying for them and God used that prayer to bring that person to Christ. That listening ear that helped that other Christian just make it through that tough time and then God used that to bring uh, blessing and effectiveness in their life. Listen, I want to tell you something. There's all kinds of ways that God can use you. You just got to be willing to say yes to him. And then the exciting part comes when one day we get to heaven and we see all that God has done. Keep knocking. Keep on persisting in what God has called you to do. You will seize the opportunities that God has given you. There's a Greek word that doesn't show up in this passage, but it's, it's a word that's used for time, but it, it focuses on the opportunity. One of the scriptures says, redeem the time. It's that word, for the days are evil. Redeem those opportunities that we have. Make the most of them. I'm going to tell you something. There's evil on every hand in our society. There's evil in the hearts, oftentimes, of God's people. Redeem the opportunities. Do what God has called you to do. Keep knocking. And the door will be open. My fifth grade Sunday school teacher, I think, was a saint from heaven. And the reason I think that is because we were not good kids. We, I I remember, I remember one day, 
me, and if my dad had known this, I'd have gotten my butt warmed. But Mike Elkins and I were, were taking dead flies off the windowsill and throwing them at each other during the lesson. Dodging, weaving. You know, she never lost patience with us one time. It, it was a miracle in my opinion. I don't know how she did it. I think I would have lost my temper many times. But she persisted. She just kept on teaching us a Sunday school lesson. Listen, I don't know a whole lot of what she taught me. I, there's probably things that I still remember that she taught me. But I'll tell you one thing I do remember was her love. I'll never forget it. And I hope that as a servant of God, I can love people the way she loved people. Listen, I want to tell you something. You just keep knocking. You keep knocking. See what God will do through your faithfulness. The benefits of persistence, you'll receive God's gift. You'll find God's way. You'll discover God's truth. And you'll seize God's opportunities. Ask, seek, knock. The door has been opened. The invitation's been given. Take advantage of what Jesus has asked us to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to persist in seeking you with all our hearts, in asking you for what we need, and knocking on the doors of opportunity in our lives as you lead us in our time with you in prayer. Help us keep knocking on the door, Lord, through prayer as well, God. Help us, help us not to faint, but to continue to ask for what we need. And Lord, as we do these things, help us receive these benefits that we've talked about this morning. Your gifts and your way and your truth and your opportunities. And, and Lord, as we do that, Lord, help us.